This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, kinfolk? Welcome to the number one college football show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we are going to recap the New Year's Six Bowls, and I'm going to give you my top five bowl performers for this bowl season as we are headed toward the national championship game on Monday. So let's get started right off the rip with the Rose Bowl, what they're calling the last real granddaddy of them all. For those of you that do not know, when the college football playoff expansion happens, we're probably going to get the Rose Bowl played on a time and or day that isn't corresponding with 2 o'clock Pacific time on New Year's Day, and a lot of people have feelings about it, but this game lived up to the billing of the granddaddy of them all. Number 11, Penn State, beats number 8, Utah, 35-21. to It is the first time in 28 years that Penn State has won the Rose Bowl, and that's saying something, right? Because I was 9, 1995. No, I was 8. My goodness, it's been that long. John Carter running all over, folks, and there is a Kajana Carter reference coming to you. But picking it up, man, game was tied 14-14 at half, and I thought this was really an outstanding football game. We're getting to see guys kind of step up in real ways. We get to see two veteran quarterbacks feel like they've been around forever go at each other, and Penn State ends up saying, no, no, we got this. We're going to outscore you 21-7 in the second half of the game, really turn it into a snooze fest in the fourth quarter. But a lot of this happened, I believe, because Cam Rising left the game with an injury. Second time that that has happened to him in the Rose Bowl in as many years. Sucked. Looked like he handled it like a champ. Handled it way better than the rest of us did, watching him come back out in sweats to finish the game. I really hate this for him, and I hate this for Utah, right? Because this was another opportunity for them to go and win this game as the Pac-12 champ. And now we're going to look at the Pac-12 just a little bit different. We're going to look at the Big Ten a little bit differently based on this game. Rising was 8 of 21 for 95 yards, 9 rushes, 56 yards with a TD and INT. Bryson Barnes came in in relief. He was 10 of 19 for 112 yards with a TD and an INT. Look, if you're watching the game and you're not watching the box score, you could see how Cam Rising's playmaking ability was what was keeping Utah in the game and would have given them an opportunity, I believe, to win it. Being able to take off and run the ball and pick up what was there absolutely finding fullbacks just kind of out in the flat open. He's that dude that stirs the drink for Utah. They're going to miss him. I don't know that Bryson Barnes uh, is going to be able to bridge the gap that Cam Rising is leaving, but we'll have to wait, see about that a little bit more on that uh, to come. I, I think one of the ways to really think about this is they started with Charlie Brewer before they got to Cam Rising, and now they're going to go to Bryson Barnes and We'll see if Andy Ludwig wants to go get another quarterback to at least compete with Bryson Barnes as they head toward the final season where they will get to play USC and UCLA and defend their Pac-12 champion for a third consecutive year. All right. Now, 
I thought as bad as this went from the quarterback situation for Utah, could not have gone better for Sean Clifford at Penn State, who had first committed to Penn State in 2015 and first enrolled at Penn State in 2018. As a matter of fact, talking about, you know, the last time that Penn State had won a Rose Bowl, James Franklin's making jokes about, hey, did Sean Clifford play in that game too? Because it's been around for that long. I really love that this went well for him. 16 to 22, 279 yards, two TDs, and in his swan song, having a great time. Matter of fact, watching him run that RPO offense, taking what was there, being able to throw darts over the middle of the field to guys like Keandre Lambert-Smith and guys like Mitchell Tinsley, that was great. I really want this to be such a memorable moment for him, for his family, and for Penn State. Again, they hadn't won this game in this century, and we're coming up on the first quarter of this century. And Nick Singleton, I've been in on for the better part of two years now, and frankly, if you're recruiting Nick, You've been in on him, too. But now he has separated himself once again. Joined elite company, at least at Penn State, right, with his 87-yard rush TD. Kajana Carter, remember 1995, he took 183 yards to the house in the Rose Bowl. And Saquon Barkley in 2017 took 179 yards to the house in the Rose Bowl. That's who Nick Singleton is keeping up with. Now, that also means that Katron Allen's right there. Because if you've also been paying attention to Penn State— it's not just been the Nick Singleton show. It's also been the Katron Allen show. So it's 1A and 1B as opposed to 1 and 2. Really excited to see those guys develop along with that really great uh, tight end room. And Drew Aller, who just throws a rocket of a football. They're going to really be fun in 2023. I also thought this was a great time for DeAndre Lambert-Smith to show up. Parker Washington, at the end of the regular season, said, I'm going to go to the NFL. Doesn't go through bowl prep. And Keandre Lambert-Smith steps up and takes that wide receiver one position, man. He has, uh, I believe, over 100 yards receiving in this game. And then Manny Diaz's defense, I thought that was the biggest step forward for this program. They'll blitz a lot. They'll come after you. That means they got to be able to play man on the outside. And they were able to do that in large part due to Kalen King. Now, Joey Porter Jr., like Parker Washington, had decided to go get ready for the NFL draft. Kalen King steps into that role left by Joey Porter Jr. to carry that secondary. I think they're going to be a lot of fun again in 23. 11-2, but your only losses are two teams that played in the college football playoff, and one of which won the Big Ten Championship. The Nittany Lions are right there, man. They should feel really good about how this season went, and they should feel really good about their opportunity to compete for a Big Ten Championship in 23 and make their first trip to the college football playoff. Okay, let's go from the Rose Bowl to a game that happened just a little bit earlier in the day, the Cotton Bowl down near my neck of the woods. Number 16, Tulane stuns USC 46 to 45. If you're watching on video, I checked the score again because I remember being in meetings, right? before this show and in, in, in writer's room, right? We're, we're talking about what we're going to do for the national championship and whatnot. And I looked down at my phone and I said, hey guys, um, can we call this right quick? Because Tulane USC is getting stupid. I said, what you mean it's getting stupid? They're, they're down 15. It's like five minutes left to go. Yeah, and now they have a chance to go win the game. Yo, hey, look, all right. Shout out to producer Tyler who went and got this. Over the last five seasons, FBF teams were one- and 1,692 when trailing by 15-plus points in the final five minutes of a game. Tulane has just made that two and 1,692. What a wild ride. This was so much fun. I mean, I went back and I, 
I TiVo every game because, well, I, I, I invest in YouTube. I like YouTube TV and I record every NCAA football game there is. Okay. And I go and watch a lot of them, not all of them, but the ones that we got to talk about for the show. Absolutely. So I'm watching this game and I'm seeing what you're seeing. USC's moving the ball. 592 total yards, 45 points in regulation. Punted just one time, had just one turnover, an INT. Still lost this game in regulation. Mario Williams dropped a kickoff return out of bounds, pinned USC at their one-yard line. Tulane gets a safety two plays later. Just the sweetest, sweetest play in football. Then Tulane converts two fourth downs on their final drive. And Alex Bauman caught a six-yard touchdown pass from Michael Pratt with nine seconds left to play to seal the victory. Defense, once again, plagues USC because USC, this wave, this tsunami, this latent SEC team showing up to the Cotton Bowl to say, what's really good with you? Huh? Huh, USC? I heard about you. Y'all said that we was going to get railroaded in this game, didn't you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm moving my head side to side because I'm feeling it for Tulane. I'm feeling it for the American. I'm feeling it for a program that now has put together the best turnaround in FBS history from two and 10 to 12 and two with a conference championship and the cotton bowl against the Heisman trophy winner, who by the way, played lights out in this game. Just ridiculous. What we saw from Caleb Williams, talk about that a little bit more in the show. But my favorite part about this is not the 305 rush yards that Tulane put up on USC. Goodness me. It's that I get to shout out university just up the road from me, Pittsburgh State. I seen you. I seen you, Pitt. I seen you. I used to go up there for cheerleading and whatnot. There's nothing there but a McDonald's and Pitt State and a strip mall that ain't nothing in it but an Applewoods, right? I'm in shock because Willie Fritz not only played ball there, played ball there with a Mohawk, which I get to say, hey, if you are Tulane or Pitt State and you ain't out here going, Mafa, Mafa, and understanding that it is challenge day, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. I just gave you the Wakanda joke right there. I gave you the Mbaku joke right there. They the gorillas up there at Pitt State. Stay woke, fam. You can have all of this. And they got all of that down at a private school in New Orleans. Check this out. On a day when LSU is playing, after... The Saints actually did not embarrass anybody. We're talking about two-lane football in New Orleans. Hey, excited for y'all. Really am. Run it back in 2023. Willie Fritz and the gang. All right. Moving from the Cotton Bowl to the Orange Bowl, which was freight last Friday, because we got a week in a New Year's Six Bowls, right? I had said before that the college football playoff selection committee's rankings, and frankly, the AP rankings, we're really too far down on Tennessee because, yeah, losing Hinton Hooker, no getting around that. That sucks. That's awful. All of us are hurt by that, right? However, the dude backing up Hinton Hooker hits all football over the mountains and is favorably comparable to Cam Newton for his athleticism because he's an athlete. And Joe Milton showed up against Dabo Sweeney's we built this on name, image, and image, and likeness in a different way. Okay. And then got railroaded 31-14. They got their five-star quarterback of the future. He took the job from DJ Uwe Unglele. By the way, y'all need to start saying that man's last name. Start, stop saying DJ you. You know, I be messing it up too, right? Get out here. Put yourself out there on front street. Go learn how to say the man's name. DJ 
Ui Leg didn't play in this game. Joe Milton did. Joe Milton went throw football over the mountains. And my God, if it's not the most Tennessee thing ever to have a doggone wide receiver out there on Rocky Top who goes by the, the name Squirrel White absolutely going to work on them dudes from Death Valley. That was awesome, right? Now, the underrated part about what happened for Tennessee in this game against Clemson is Tim Banks' defense. Yeah, it's for real. We used to be like, oh, no, man, Josh Eibel in that offense, they going to hang the defense out to dry. Not no more. They won double-digit games, and it ain't no fluke, okay? We might get to see the Tennessee of my youth, which would be awesome to see because I remember Peyton and T. I remember what it was like for folks to not want to play that ugly orange team in Knoxville. I can't wait for this team to be great again, and I really want to see Joe Milton come into his own. It's man that lost his job to Hinton Hooker, probably saw what was possible with Hinton Hooker, and now has an opportunity to go seize his moment in 23. Everybody is on their flu game in 23. Everybody is ring chasing in 23. I believe in you. I need you to believe in you, okay? All right, let's go from that to my top five bowl performers, all right? Okay. I'm going to go five to one here. Number five, LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors. My goodness. In a game where they're playing musical chairs with the quarterback because apparently they can do that because Purdue's can't even get out of that game healthy. Malik Neighbors saw Kayshawn Boutte go out to Partey and said, I'm going to have a party right here too, okay? I'm going to throw down a marker right now. I don't care who's a quarterback. I'm going to have nine catches for 163 yards in a 63-7 to Skull dragging of the Purdue Boilermakers with a man's Drew Brees on the sideline in the Citrus Bowl. Okay? They mama saw that. Shout out, Malik Neighbors. Can't wait to see what you're doing in 23. Whether it's Nussmeyer or Daniels, we'll wait and see. Right? Walker got to be looking over there going, am I going to get to play? Better watch the transport portal. That's all I'm saying. Number four on the list for me. That dude from USC. Uh, look. He going to write profanity on his nails. He going to talk his noise. And he's also going to put you on skates. Caleb Williams out there just doing a doggone thing, man. 462 uh, pass yards, five TDs, one INT. Caught the sale. But one INT on those five TDs, 462 through the air. That's the Heisman winner. I don't see why we won't see him back at the Heisman ceremony in December. He's that good. Now, whether or not the Heisman voters want to get off the schneid and go give this man a second Heisman, I would like to see that. But you know how I feel about the Heisman Trophy, and you know how I feel about Heisman voters. Uh, now, number three on the list for me, quarterback Joe Milton, man. Tennessee, 19-28, 251, three tutties, and a 31-14 win against Clemson in the orangest orange bowl of orangest orange bowls probably ever. You know? Ugly orange versus the kind of ugly orange and the ugly orange one, right? Now, I get it. My cousin Rico, he listening to this right now. He a big Rocky Top fan. He probably talked about RJ. You come come to love this orange. Ah, I like it when y'all play well. I like it when Naylin is jumping. I like it when Georgia actually got to get up to come play y'all. Otherwise, we're going to think less of Georgia. Love that for Joe Milton. Number two on the list for me. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. My goodness. One of what turns out to be several dudes at Alabama who chose to play in the Sugar Bowl. 19 of 28, 351 through the air. My goodness, or excuse me, 321 through the air. Five TDs, 45-20 win against Big 12 champ, 
Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, who also came fully locked and loaded with Deuce Vaughn and the rest. Now, the thing to take away from this is that many people believe that Bryce Young played his way into the number one spot in the upcoming NFL draft with this performance and his body of work, but this performance as well against a very good football team. I'm looking at this going, man, Nick Saban got something different over there because I have said, because Bryce Young and Will Anderson, maybe one and maybe two in the upcoming NFL draft, chose to play in this game, that is the expectation. And people are quick to say that's the expectation at Bama. And I'm like, yo, and you know what? They were right. Eli Ricks going to the NFL draft. Jameer Gibbs going to the NFL draft. You know, like we saw dudes coming out that we didn't know was coming out. Going to the NFL draft after winning the Sugar Bowl because it means that something different. And frankly, when your quarterback and the best player in football, at least in 2021, is playing, what excuse do you have? That's going how you keep your squad together, man. And this is far and away not the best Alabama team we've seen in the last 15 years. It's the most undisciplined Alabama team we've seen in the last 15 years. But my goodness, when they want to go play, they are an avalanche. And I'm excited to see what they look like in 23, mostly because you ain't going to have the fixer back there anymore. Nine ain't going to be fixing everything. My man Jalen, my man Ty, they're going to have to step up. I, I'm going to have to figure this out by spring. Bill O'Brien going to have to do some of that coaching stuff because he's talking about, hey, I got to be prepared for Bryce Young. When he come into meetings, you're going to be preparing my mans all the way up through this upcoming season because, you know, Texas think they got y'all. That's all I'm saying. Texas think they got y'all. And then number one on the list for me, Texas Christian wide receiver, Quentin Johnston, my goodness, against mighty Michigan, six catches, 163 yards, a TD, in a 51-45 to Fiesta Bowl triumph. For them dudes from Fort Worth, for the private Christian school, you know, from Fort Worth. I say the private Christian school because, you know, like I'm a public school kid, and the private Christian schools, they usually take all the best players and, and have them at Bishop Kelly, Cashel Hall, whatnot. I'm sure y'all got this all over the country, right? So for me to look at Fort Worth, and feel good about it. You got to know they dogs are underdogs, right? And then Quentin Johnson, who I got to meet this year at Big 12 Media Days, who also jumped six seven in high school in the high jump, remarkably kind. And at the time, I was saying, hey, look, man, you remind me a lot of Josh Doxon, who for many people, at least until Quentin, was the best wide receiver to come out of TCU. That's ahead of Jalen Rager. And my goodness, my man, Kevante Turpin, who has turned a USFL MVP into an Pro Bowl season with my Dallas Cowboys. Hello, I'm just saying. Quentin Johnson went to work on a really great defense and a great secondary in a game where Max Duggan absolutely needed him, okay? Max Duggan did not play great football. He played good enough football to win. Quentin Johnson playing like wide receiver one coming off the board in 2023. Can't wait to watch him play against Keely Ringo, Kwame Lasseter, and that entire Georgia defense. It's going to be a lot of fun. I have had a lot of fun with this episode of the number one college football show. We will be back with a national championship preview later in the week, and we will recap live react to the college football playoff national championship game on Monday, where I will also have my way too early top 25. So please bring your rotten tomatoes and popcorn to throw at the screen because we're going to go through this together. All right. That is it for me today. My thanks as always to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak. Our senior producer is Catherine Donnelly. That is Kyle Holly back in the directing chair. Jake Coakley and Torin Westfall are our lead screener. Our social media maven is JV on Duncan. I'm the host, RJ. I'll see y'all in a couple of days. Deuces.